Welcome to Leap Listens, the employer branding podcast. I'm Sarah and I'm joined by my co-host, Roger. Hello. Leap Listens is brought to you by Leap Create, a dynamic people communications agency. Melanie has a breadth of experience across the employer branding industry. Having worked with organisations both in-house and agency side, she understands the often complex dynamic of relationship and stakeholder management from all angles. Her partnerships have touched a range of industries, including tech, financial and security services, healthcare, and most recently, hospitality. Welcome to the podcast, Melanie. Hello. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So Melanie, tell us about you and your career in employer branding. Yeah, sure. So I have been across, I guess, a couple of places in the employer brand industry. I've worked both in-house and agency side. Uh, most previously at Wagamama, I looked after their employer brand and the talent attraction space. So everything from career site, LinkedIn, wider social channels, talent attraction campaigns, creative, all that good stuff. So um, yeah, doubled across various different um, areas in that role. And then prior to that, I was RPO side. So agency there, I worked within the uh, brand and digital team for Cielo Talent, worked with a whole host of different uh, clients across very many different industries, consulted across a number of different projects. So kind of EVP, career site, um, social media management, reputation management. So yeah, a whole host of different areas um, and been able to look at it from different angles as well, which has been very, very insightful. So hopefully I can share a little bit about that today. So you've worked for some well-known companies and organizations. How have you found that their corporate brand and consumer brand has impacted their employer brand? Yeah, so I think the conversation or more so um, that that kind of answer has probably been talked about a lot more from the other side. So um, how does your employer brand or how can your employer brand impact your consumer brand? I think we all know that, you know, big topics could be like layoffs, people kind of being let go and how that impacts um, an, an organization's consumer brand. But I think the opposite way, which is, you know, your question hasn't been talked about as much. And so, as you said, you know, working for kind of a well-known or a couple of well-known brands, I have seen how a consumer brand can impact the employer side. And that can often happen when you have quite a strong consumer brand and people recognize you for um, the things that you obviously sell, maybe your products or your services, but also your purpose, your values, what you stand for, your kind of stance on um, socioeconomic um, issues and challenges in the world. And so that also needs to be reflected in your employer brand as well. I've firsthand seen how, you know, if an organization is really prominent in certain spaces around, you know, sustainability, mental health, perhaps, you know, really looking after the community and the people, you know, in society, that also needs to be reflected across how they treat their people and how they operate, operate as an employer. Because ultimately, you know, you will sound like a contradictory, ultimately. And I think it's really important for organizations to project that stance from both a consumer facing perspective, but also for their people internally on the same kind of stance in terms of the candidates that also apply for them and, and their journey coming into the organization. Right. So what would you say are the key differences between attracting talent and then attracting consumers? And how does that impact the employer branding efforts? Yeah. So I think there are a lot of similarities, first of all. I think, you know, I think that's a really good thing to point out initially. I think employer brand has definitely kind of come into its own over the years and carved out its own kind of function within a lot of in-house organizations, but also kind of agency side. 
um, which is a really good thing. But I think in terms of the, I guess, a big difference for me, one big one is segmentation. So although you will have similarities in the talent audience that you have, and I guess the consumer audience, ultimately, who you kind of market to and the way you communicate to them will be different because um, they'll be of different socioeconomic backgrounds, different demographics, they'll be part of different communities. I think that's really key to get right. And I think ultimately, if you understand the differences between them, you can make sure that you're talking to them and resonating with them in, in the right way. For example, I think if you're like a high-end luxury brand and you have an audience of a specific demographic and socioeconomic background, your, I guess, your employee kind of workforce and demographic will probably look a little bit different to who you market to. And I think the challenge there is not being, I guess, tone deaf to either audience and making sure that you find a really good balance between communicating to the two audiences, but still staying true to who you are. And that's why I think when it comes to your purpose, your values, what you stand for, making sure that you've got both viewpoints for, from an employer and a consumer perspective needs to be really strategic and really well thought through because you can very, very easily get it wrong and, you know, say the wrong thing that offends either audience. So, yeah, I think that's a really, really key thing to get right. And yeah, a big difference between the two audiences. Yeah, no, it is. And, and how do you employer branding specialists do that? Because obviously when you've got your consumer brand, there's generally a lot of data about the consumer enabling you to be able to do that segmentation. So what is the strategy for employer branding experts to do that segmentation and where do they get their data? Yeah, I think there's, there's a multitude of ways of doing it. And I think it's important to be really varied. So you know, we know the really standard ways of having focus groups, speaking to your employees, really tapping into that kind of employee engagement surveys as well and looking at that side of things. But I actually think there's a really valuable area of research that could also be done externally. There, there are a lot of really sophisticated social listening tools out there now that really allow you to delve into the audiences that you're looking for. And I guess the, the kind of segments that you have already established from your internal employee groups and the research you already have done. And I think that's really valuable because if you really, really look into that, you can almost figure out and test and sense check some of the communications campaigns creative that you're working on to a poten your potential talent um, audience. And I think that's really key because sometimes you can get a little bit, almost like get a bit of like rose tinted um, glasses on when you're just speaking to your internal employees and you're constantly trying to recreate what you already have internally. It's almost like just taking a little slight different lens to it and seeing what the external market is and how that has evolved and how you now need to also make sure that you're resonating and speaking to that audience. So yeah, I think that's a really important thing to do as well. Great. Yeah, no, I, th I think you've made a really good point there. And certainly with some of the clients we've worked in, in the past, we've seen that where your consumer and your employees are really quite different yeah. people. And, and I'm thinking about luxury hotels. We some work for where the draw is the luxury hotel but yeah. you're not actually a guest <laughs> staying in the staying in the hotel and it is, it's a quite a different you know different market segment like you say but you have to still draw on some of the glamour of, uh, of what it is so yeah i think that's a really a really good point can you provide or think of any examples of organizations where they have successfully aligned both their corporate and consumer brand and their employer brand and how they went about achieving it um, yeah, so I actually think this will be on the rise moving forward. I think some brands have just naturally done it really well, but I think 
moving forward, we'll see a lot more organizations align the way that they communicate to their consumer brands with their employer audience as well. Um, I think a really good one, that uh, organization that has done it really well is Monzo. I'm a really, really big fan of them in general. This, the, the revolution, the revolu- revolutionary way that they have um, moved the way banking kind of is being approached in the digital banking space, a very forward thinking. They've gone against status quo, I guess, fundamentally in the way that they operate as an organization. But I think they've done that really well as well from an employer brand perspective. Little things, just their tone of voice on on social media, on LinkedIn. I don't know if you've kind of come across their content before, but they're they're super kind of no nonsense. We're not kind of the traditional, really kind of old school financial services business. And we all know that in terms of their branding and their look and feel. But then little things that they've done as well from an employee brand perspective. So their one of their benefits and just in general their benefits package is great like they've got a whole host of different things but little tweaks that they've done so for example for their annual leave so they've allowed their employees to opt out of bank holidays if they wish and they can just flex and use the full 32 days of of annual leave whenever they would like and that feels like such a small little thing but actually it literally aligns to who they are in terms of going against status quo and allowing people to um i guess change things up as they wish and you know we're not in the same kind of modern day as we have been in the past and everything kind of evolves and changes so yeah i think that's really really good of them and i think in just in the way that communicate they've done a really good job of aligning the two for sure great no monzo is a really good example actually they've got some really great content if you haven't seen it yeah so what would you say melanie are some of the common challenges faced with HR teams and brand and marketing teams when they're working on this employer brand project? Yeah, do you know what? I feel like I have first-hand experience of this because I um, I've worked both within marketing functions and TA functions in my kind of in-house role. And um, yeah, there's, there's quite a few of them, but I think some key ones that kind of come to mind is um, around misalignment between goals, uh, objectives and priorities. Obviously, every function within an organization has their own kind of, you know, what they're working on, their focuses. Everyone's kind of really siloed sometimes. And that can be really a real struggle for um, teams to then open their kind of viewpoint to other functions that also need their support. Um, so I think that's a really, really challenging one. I think this also kind of creeps into another big one, which is kind of creative differences. Obviously, HR uh, and talent functions know their audience really well. They speak to employees and candidates day in, day out, and they they hear what's happening on the ground. And so they, they feel like they know um, what they want to hear and see. But then obviously you've got the marketing and brand functions who are really trying to embody and keep a consistent, uniform approach to their brand. So the look and feel needs to be right. The tone of voice needs to be right. And they really want to kind of keep that consistency and they know what they're doing as well. Obviously, their skill sets within the kind of marketing and brand space. So heads can definitely butt on that front as well, which can be challenging. And then that kind of creeps into another one, which is around ownership differences. So if you're on a project where people have maybe in other projects been responsible for sign offs on creative or responsible for kind of having final look and feel on certain things or, you know, being responsible for certain areas, basically, and having two teams that then need to partner in on a specific project, you know, heads can can definitely put on that front as well. And just people feeling like they're maybe not able to do their job properly because of the people that uh, are trying to, you know, 
get in their way in some sort of way. So yeah, definitely can be a challenge there. So I think resource allocation and making sure that people know what they're looking after and everyone kind of has an understanding of who's responsible for what is really, really key. But yeah, I think those are probably some big ones. And I'm sure people listening that have kind of been in similar roles can can definitely relate to that. Yeah, so I've I've often wrestled with this whole consumer and employer brand kind of conundrum because I think what's happened is that obviously employer branding has looked a lot to marketing because it's more mature in marketing it than than what's typically an HR department. So there's a lot of kind of borrowing from the consumer world to market to yeah. employees, and there's sometimes where um, the product is also the service. So if it's the police or NHS or a nurse, then if you've got like something where I'd say that the thing that you're marketing is the thing that you do, it gets a bit more tricky where those two things are separate. And, and obviously now we're talking about trying to make candidate experiences like more like a consumer experience and things like that. But I do feel like there's some areas where it doesn't translate and the, the job isn't always a product and you can't always sell it like a product because it's just more complicated than that when it comes to the relationships that you have within work with various different people the work that you do your managers your employees the company so i sort of feel like we're always constantly trying to borrow from the consumer world but there are some things that we kind of need to keep exclusively employer brand and talent attraction i do agree with that i think it can be a challenge especially if organizations maybe don't have properly established or sophisticated employer brand teams that can really hopefully find the right balance between the marketing elements and the talent and kind of HR elements. And um, if you're working more collaboratively across those two functions and trying to deliver employer brand projects with marketing professionals and HR or talent professionals, it can be a challenge because it's almost like how much of the seesaw kind of do you take on different projects? So yeah, I think it, it can be really tough, but you're, you, you're right. It's not the same thing. You're not just selling a product or a service. This is you know, you're selling lifestyle ultimately when you're hiring people. So, yeah. Yeah, no, um, really great point. So finally, Melanie, you'll um, be surprised to hear that we're at our 15 minutes already. It's gone very quickly, yes. but there's some yeah great pieces of information in there for our listeners. But our final question we always ask our guests are, have you got any recent top listens or reads to recommend? Yeah, I do actually. Um, I read this book, quite a while ago but it still stands out in my mind um really prominently um i hope i'm not butchering his name but i think it's simone stoltzoff author of um the good enough job an incredible book that i read um a couple months back um that basically talks about the relationship people have with work and it's not quite like your typical kind of advice kind of this these are the steps that you need to take to have a more healthy relationship with work it covers the stories of, I think it's about 12 different people and their relationship with work. It's a lot people from various different industries in sports, in corporate world, in creative world. And um, yeah, it's really, really interesting because you can almost like relate to these people in very, very different ways. And yeah, it, it really kind of just shows how the world of work has evolved and how we're kind of looking at things differently. And I think it lends a very, very good hand in the employer brand space. So I would highly, highly recommend it. Great. I've not heard of that one. No. No, we do need to compile that list, don't yeah. we? Yeah. All of these. Because every time I sort of, someone says this, oh, oh, I must get that. And then I haven't got enough audible credits. <laughs> well, actually, Spotify now does audiobooks. So uh, if you have premium on there, you can uh, listen to I do. Ah, excellent. Well, that's good. Thank you very much. Top tip. 
<laughs> well, thank you, Melanie. Thanks for being a great guest. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening. For more expert insights, check out our other bite-sized episodes, perfect for micro learners and those with a short attention span, just like me. And if you're in employer branding and recruitment marketing, you might be interested in our monthly EB meetups. Just search EB Meetup on LinkedIn and join our community. For anything else, contact us via leapcreate.co.uk. See you next time. Thank you.